Today we want to talk about building your life on a foundation that's solid. Because I need people that I can count on. I need principles that I can live by. I need a truth that I can stand on. And in this world there are so many ideas about what is truth. So many ideas of what to stand on. I need something that I can build a solid foundation for life. Now where are you going to find that in this world? Please take out the sermon notes that have been provided for you. Look with me at 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Please read it together with me out loud. The whole Bible was given to us from God and is useful to teach us the truth and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out, helps us do what is right. I need that. I need something that shows me what is true in this world. When everybody else says this is true or that is true or even there is no truth. I need something that tells me that I'm heading in the wrong direction to straighten me out, to help me do the right thing. It gives me the strength and the power to do the right thing that I want to do. In that Bible verse, circle the phrase, the whole Bible. The Bible says that all of it was given for us to help us to do these very things. We talk about this book called the Bible. We look at verses in the Bible every day, every week. There's a question, however, we need to address. How do you really know that the Bible is true? I've listed three evidences for the Bible being true. In your notes, number one, there's the evidence of history. The evidence of history. It is a book that is rooted in history. It's not about make-up people or made-up places. The Bible is about real places, real people, real things that really happen. And again and again, people have tried to say that the things that happen in the Bible never really happen. But it has proved themselves wrong. The Bible is true. There's a group of people in the Bible known called the Hittites. Yeah, the Hittites. Remember them? Some modern name members of that group, of that tribe, are Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Babe Ruth. I'm kidding. They were called the Hittites. For thousands of years, we knew nothing about these people. Some scholars said that they were just a made-up group of people. They weren't even a real group. Then in the early 1900s, a group of archaeologists digging in Turkey found the capital city of the Hittites. Once again, the Bible was shown to be true, to be a historical book. Again and again, the Bible has proven to be a book that's been rooted in history. Number two in your notes, the evidence of not only history, but also the evidence of consistencies. The evidence of consistencies throughout the Bible. Not only do we have external evidence, we have internal evidence. As you read through this book called the Bible, you find what is unique about this book. When you pick up the Bible, you're looking at a book, a book that was written over 1,500 years in span. It's written by 40 different authors. These authors range from kings to peasants, from authors from the shepherds to the tent makers. Yet all of these 40-some authors who wrote on three different continents, wrote with agreement 
on what are still some of the most controversial subjects in our world. So how do you get 40 people in a room to agree on anything? Yet they agreed. They agreed on these things. They wrote one story from beginning to end. The Bible is one story. It's the story of God's love for us. The story of man's sin and man's rebellion. And how God so loved this world that he sent his one and only son to suffer and die on the cross. The good news flows from both the Old and the New Testament. Because it's a story of grace and forgiveness. The love of a merciful God. The greatest story ever written. The greatest love story ever written centers on the sacrificial love of Jesus, our Savior. And how God wants to call each of us back to himself. No human being could have sat down to plan such as this in a book. The themes that go from the book of Genesis at the beginning to the book of Revelation at the end, they're incredible. There's also a third evidence, number three in your notes, the evidence of changed lives. The evidence of changed lives. We can hear hundreds and thousands of stories how the Bible has literally changed people's lives. The fact that the Bible has the power to make a difference in lives is just another evidence that the Bible is true. The real question I would like to focus on is not that the Bible is true, though. So what? What does it mean to my life? How can I take the truth of this Bible and build a solid foundation? Well, Jesus tells us, look at Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, Jesus is saying you want a foundation for your life? You want something that you can stand on when times are tough? My words to you are like that. Circle those two phrases, though, in your notes. Hear these words and put them into practice. So how can I hear what God has to say and how can I put them into practice? So it makes a difference in my life. A lot of people, they have a name for the Bible. They call the Bible the good book, but don't write that down in your notes. Have you heard people call the Bible the good book? I want you to stress that you would rather call the Bible in your notes rather this. The guidebook. The guidebook. The good book you can put on a shelf and call it good book. A guidebook, I have to pull it off the shelf. Carry it around with me. The Bible is a guide. A guide to build a foundation for all of life. To help me make good decisions in my life. To make a difference of whom I am every day. Today I would like to show you how to use your Bible. I'm just going to point out six ways to build your life on the truth of that Bible. Simple outline, you can take, write, write, write the notes even on your own hand, if you like. The first way, we start with the little finger. In your notes number one, you hear God's word. The little finger, first of all, hear God's word. You hear God's word if you want to have an impact in your life. You can write the word here on your little finger, if you like. There are a lot of ways to hear God's word. In messages at church, and Bible class, on radio, you hear God's word in CDs. And when you hear God's word, there's good news. 
Just look at Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Every time you hear God's word, it raises your faith. It enables and empowers your faith. That's incredibly good news. But there's also a problem here. In your notes, fill in the blank. We forget 95% of what we hear after 72 hours. Did you catch that? We forget 95% of what we hear, we forget in 72 hours. Do you know how depressing that can be for a pastor? To think that after three days, all this work, four services each weekend, you're going to forget 95% of it. And the 5% that you're going to remember is probably that Hittite joke. How do you do more? Well, you must hang on to God's word with a whole lot more than just a little finger. You need more than just hearing God's word. So in your notes number two, the next thing I need is to read God's word. And that is your ring finger. You read God's word for yourselves. Let it make an impact in your life. The book, the Bible, is the bestseller in human history. It is filled with kinds of stories that we like to read. The stories about God's great compassion. The Bible inspired the works of Michelangelo. Inspired the plays of William Shakespeare. There have been freedom movements that have been inspired by God's word. And every time you talk, you use phrases from the Bible. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Drop in a bucket. Yet it's incredible how, how little we do read the book. Statistics across the United States are saying this in your notes. 91% of us own at least one or more Bibles. In fact, the average is three. But also, in your notes, 80% of the people surveyed say that they believe the Bible is God's word. It's the most important book ever written. And next, 58% of Americans, 58%, believe everything in the Bible is true. They believe that the Bible is true. Then why don't we read the Bible more? Why do we struggle to read it? Maybe it's because we don't understand why God wants us to read the Bible. Does God want to scare us or scold us when we read the Bible? Well, just look at Revelation 1, verse 3. Happy is the one who reads the words of God's message. God wants you to read his book to make you happy, to bless you. God wants to bring joy to your life. And that's why God wants you to read his word. Just look at Deuteronomy 17, verse 19. The scripture shall be your constant constant companion. He must read from it every day. Circle that phrase. Every day. Every day of his life. So that he will learn to respect the Lord his God by obeying all of his commandments. See, God wants all of us to read his book on a daily basis. This verse was actually written originally on the back of your notes to the king of Israel. And that tells me that the more responsibility that you have, the more important it is that you actually read from the Bible. So why don't we? I think it's because we have a hard time understanding the Bible. There are some weird words, justification, righteousness. But if you spend time reading the Bible, you will learn what it's all about and what those words mean. Two suggestions first for reading the Bible. Number one in your notes, 
When you read the Bible, read the Bible in a more contemporary version. Read it in a translation that you understand. Nothing against the King James Bible. It was written 400 years ago in King James or Shakespearean English. I'm not knocking the King James Bible. It's the best translation for any of you who are 400 years old. You'll you'll understand what that translation means best. But if you're younger, read a more contemporary version. Number two, start reading the Bible systematically. This is a book that is book by book. Read the Bible systematically. Don't use that, what we call, skip and dip method. Don't use the pray and point method, where you just pray, God, what do you want me to do today? Open your Bible, stick your finger down, and read it. Not a good practice. Read the Bible book by book. Have you ever started reading the Bible in the Old Testament? When you get about to the book of Leviticus, you start to fizzle out. So if you're going to get started reading... Start with the New Testament. Skip the old for a few months. Once you read the New Testament, you'll be better prepared to understand the old. Maybe not all of Leviticus, though. Read the Bible book by book and from translations that you can really understand. If you read the Bible 15 minutes a day, you can read through the whole Bible in one year. Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I've just read for you the, in your notes the first of verse. The first of three 31,101 verses in the Bible. So there are 31,101 verses in the Bible. You're on your way then. For a little trivia this morning, in your notes, there are also 783,137 words in the Gideon Bible. Aren't you glad you came today? Little finger, you're to hear God's word. Ring finger, you're to read God's word. Number three, the third way to build on the truth of the Bible is study God's word. So the middle finger stands for studying God's word. You really begin to dig into God's word yourselves. Look at Acts 17, verse 11. They accepted the message eagerly and what? Study the scriptures every day. Now, what's the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible? The difference is to study the Bible, and you take, and you, know, you you study the Bible, you take notes. You take some extra notes. In fact, you write something down. You learn something for your own personal life. What makes the Bible a holy book? One that is because you use it and use it and study it for yourself. It's special to you. And the more you study it, the more holy it is to you. Martin Luther, he had talked about studying the Bible. Martin Luther said, I study the Bible, and you know it's like I gathering apples, like gathering apples. And he says, first of all, I shake the whole tree, and the ripest will fall off. Then I shake each limb. Then I shake each branch. Then I shake each twig. Then I look under every leaf. See, I search the Bible as a whole, like shaking the whole tree. But then I search each limb, book by book. Then I shake each branch, giving attention to each chapter. Then I shake the twigs, looking at those paragraphs, those sentences, and those words. You actually dig into it. 
you study to build a sure foundation for your life, to find the answers that you need for today, to find hope that you need for tomorrow, to find the joy that I need to have the energy that I want for life. More quickly now, number four, the fourth way to build the truth of the Bible into your life. Memorize God's word. That's the pointer finger. Stands for memorizing God's word. Look at Proverbs 7. God says, guard my word as you must. Most precious prepossession. Write them down and also keep them deep into it within your heart. And the psalm says in the Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, some of you are already saying, I can't do that, Pastor. Well, I'm not going to do that. You don't think that you can even memorize. The truth is, we do memorize. In fact, we memorize one category of things in your notes. We do memorize what is important. We memorize what is important to us. We know several phone numbers by heart. We know email addresses. We know recipes. We know batting averages, baseball and football statistics. We memorize the lyrics of many song after song. We really do memorize what is important to us. So when you commit God's word deep into your hearts, you're getting a grip on the truth and the promises of God. Why? In order to build a stronger foundation for your life. The fifth way to build on God's word now is your thumb. Number five, you meditate on God's word. You really begin to get a grip on the Bible when you meditate. Meditate in the Bible means focusing your mind on a Bible verse so that you can see how that truth actually fits into your life. How does that truth fit into my family and decisions, into the way that I manage my business, with the attitude that I have today? Look at the benefits of meditating in Psalm 1. They love the Lord's teaching. They think about those teachings day and night. They are strong, like a tree planted by the river. Everything they do will succeed. When you meditate on God's word, it's like planting yourself into rich soil where the true success can come into your life. Just look at what Joshua promises, Joshua 1 verse 8. Meditate on the word day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So finally, some of you, you're worried about, from the very beginning, when I asked you to take notes on your hands, your fingers, I've noted that there were six ways to build the truth of the Bible. You only have five fingers. How are you going to do this? Well, you place the last point in the palm of your hand, Six way, number six, in the palm of your hand. You do God's word. You do God's word. You live it out. One of the greatest dangers in Bible study is to hear a lot of God's word and not permit it to change anything you're thinking or doing. Some of you have said, when you heard a good sermon, well, I wish my husband were here today. I wish my daughter was here today. But the question is, I want to address. Not what someone else would do. In your notes, the response to hearing God's word, reading, studying, memorizing, 
and meditating on God's word. The question is, what am I going to do? And you know, it's what am I going to do now that I've heard it, I've studied it, I've meditated on it. And finally, who's at the center of your Bibles? Martin Luther would always visualize when he read his Bible. Each time he opened his Bible, that Jesus was in the very center of every page of his Bible. Jesus, your Savior and Lord, is revealed in all the promises of the Old Testament and in the teachings of the New. Your relationship with Jesus is daily strengthened through your hearing and reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and your doing God's Word. Amen.